Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tim Bat. God. Damn it, guy. One of these days you're going to get it and you'll shock both of us. Do you want me to come in right on the back, real hot on the back of that? 100%. Well, you got to, I mean, go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome it's me, to the. Guy Monk. It's not going to work, is it? Um, well, this you changed what you were saying. Of the podcast is brought to you in part by Audible, which you'll hear more about in just a second, but also partially by the original. Cola. The OG. The OG Cola. What a lovely drink. I pour it on my cereal. I lick it from the sink. Love Karma Cola. Love it in all its applications. What Karma Cola do is they make a cola where it doesn't have yucky, bad, unpronounceable chemicals in it. It's got real cane sugar. Not that crazy aspartamine shit. I uh, don't you, want that. You're hooked you. on, on pure cane sugar now, though. Oh, yeah. Only the best. It's good for you. I've been watching Narcos, bro. I'm very educated on how the trade works now. You want the purest. That's good. Uh, and Carmen Cola don't put cocaine in their cola, but they do put cane sugar in there as opposed to high fructose corn syrup, which I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw a headline today that apparently high fructose corn syrup, they did a study, and it, uh, it, it extends the amount of time that rats can recover from a brain injury if they're on it or something. I don't know. It's there's re- there's research to support every thought in the world. Yeah, that's true. And here's more about why Kamakola is good. Nine out of ten Tims agree it's the best cola you'll wrap your hands around. And one out of ten Tims is a fucking maniac. Ten out of ten guys drink Kamakola for every meal of the day. And ten out of ten guys just won the Ironman in Hawaii. The results speak for themselves. No one except Guy Montgomery recommends that you have that much Karma Cola. Karma Cola, by their own admission, are like, you know what? It's cola. Don't drink it all the time. But if you're going to have a cola, have a Karma. Don't drink all of it all the time. Do drink all of it some of the time. You don't have to feel bad about the Karma Cola on a micro or macro level because it's got good stuff in it, comparatively. And also, it's good for the people who make it and stuff. It's like, it's organic. And it's fair trade. The farmers get a good you, deal. You guys, the villages you, it comes from. You get it. You love it. And if you can't get it, ship it. Who else is helping out Sierra Leone in the wake of horrible <laughs> Ebola ness? No one except Karma Cola, man. You don't go to it. Here's the episode from LA Podfest. See you guys. Woo!
Hello. Holy smokes. People arrived. Hello. You know, this isn't Greg, Pro- Greg Proops's one, eh? That's right. This is our one. Nor never, you are aware of what room you are in. <laughs> room that is indisputably a fire hazard. Uh, so welcome along. If, How's everyone doing? How you doing out in the crowd there tonight, live audience? <laughs> I would like to welcome you all to the worst idea of all time, a podcast in which myself, Timbat, and that's when you chime in. And myself, Guy Montgomery. We watch and review Sex in the City 2 every week for a calendar year, and we just watch Sex in the City 2 for the 30th time. Hey, all. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> More than is necessary. Uh, it's also, obviously, we're in a room with, with, with live human beings and arguably a few androids, uh, very well disguised. As it stands, but if you are listening to this in audio, uh, oh, this yeah. would fall, I think, 32nd in the canon yeah. of episodes. So it's the 30th watch, but it's the 32nd episode of the, because of, of certain contractual obli- nonsense obligations. That's going on. So this is sort of it's the Tokyo Drift of worst idea of all time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect analogy. This episode, actually, I'm going to name it Tokyo Drift now. Uh, so this is the one that comes two after, and you guys in this room right now are the first people to know this, two after the Paul F. Tompkins episode, which we're recording tomorrow night. Which is, it, while exciting, we appreciate the applause, does mean we'll be watching this two consecutive days. Uh, but we should be talking about this in the past tense, because this is being released in the future. So we I'm need to, like, much like Back to the Future, we need to keep our timelines in check. Yeah. So um, PFT, wasn't he great? Yeah. yeah? Wasn't he the best guest we've had so far? Presumably, he could tank it. It's confusing. <laughs> it's, I mean, statistically, it's unlikely, but the guy could really have a bomb. He's due, right? Like, six years of hits, the guy is due to fuck one up. It sounds like you want old PFT to take a bit of a tumble. Mate, I would like, it show. would make, just to know he's mortal, it would yeah, feel true. good. Find a, the chink in the armour of sex in the city. So, uh, as it stands, obviously, one of my first points of order is to address the, the circumstance in which we have watched and are discussing the film. Oh, yeah. We're in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angles. I forgot to mention that. We're in LA for the Audible, hashtag Audible, Audible LA Hashtag pod Audible fest. LA Podfest, hashtag Audible. <laughs> hashtag can you hear me, hashtag am I audible.com. And uh, this is the first, and I'm going to go out and limb and assume last time that Audible have helped us bring this episode to you because they're that a big good. fish hey, and we are using tiny rods. Hey, do you know what rods. service I've heard a lot of good things about but Tell me. yet to experience? Because, Mr. Uh, Big's Jacuzzi's <laughs> Limited? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Mr. Big's Jacuzzi's. <laughs> what have you heard? Well, secondly, I've heard if you really want to enhance your Mr. B- if you want to enhance the experience of sitting in room temperature semen runoff for an hour... <laughs> The best way to do that is to accompany it with uh, and a lovely audiobook provided by Audible.com. I'll bet Amazon's spin-off audiobook services never had a more spicy run-in than that. That's right. Semen uh, runoff in a spark at room temperature, <laughs> yeah. transitioning nicely into a family-friendly product yeah. that everyone can enjoy in and the if, household. If, for whatever reason, if you find yourself in one of Mr. Big's Jacuzzi's against your will, but you still have access to some sort of internet or device 
a good way to enhance what is otherwise a pretty bleak mood, presumably. Hold on. Why? Uh, <laughs> would be to listen to an audiobook as provided by the great people at audible.com. I don't want to dwell on this for too long, but why do they have to be in the jacuzzi against their will? I'm just saying, such is the power of Audible that you might find yourself held in a spa filled with whatever against your will. Very well. But such is the brilliance <laughs> of the service provided by the good people at audible.com. Hashtag Blaze Pizza. No, that fuck Blaze Pizza. We've talked about this. That you very may well find yourself enjoying a spar against your will on account of the great range of over 180,000 audiobooks provided. You got it. You got it, buddy. I don't and even have the screen in front of me. I know this stuff. There's, there's uh, leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers such as ourselves. We've actually why read you, Why don't you try talking like a human instead of a Word document? Why don't you see what that feels to. like? Nah. It makes me feel glamorous if I'm reading it like a robot, you know? Glamorous. Like the show's really got a bit of sparkle to it. Glamorous sounds suspiciously like glamour puss, which is a word I'm trying to get off the ground at the moment. <laughs> like a glamorous pussycat, you, you know? not shut up about like a, it. Like a pussycat with a diamante collar. Go to audible, <laughs> audible.com slash LA Podfest and... It's a custom hashtag. Yeah, custom yeah, forward slash LA Podfest. You know, the, we're, we're heavy hitters. Yeah. Uh, you could get a great book like Julia Cameron's Reflections on the Artist Way. Yeah, what do you think of that book, Tim, that you are familiar with and have it's even read the blurb of? It's in my, my to-do, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and you get a 30-day free trial and, and I'm pretty one, sure a free, one free Yeah, one free audio book. So get that in ya. That was a good plug. Was it? Yeah, to all the to the the quality control people at Audible. Uh, what is it? Audible. <laughs> Audible.com. Yeah. Well, we're off script now, bud. All right. There's no safety net anymore, so let's get into it. Uh, Sex in the City 2, what did you think? <laughs> you know, I'm still waiting for the tide change, Tim, but I'm still not a big Sex in the City 2 guy. That'll happen for you. <laughs> you got to have the faith. Like, the logic, logic would suggest it does, there has to be some moment at which it becomes more tolerable. But the, what do you mean been, within one watch or within our journey of multiple? I, watches? Yeah, I, I think. I think yeah, either either both, <laughs> potato, um, <laughs> tomato. What I'm saying is, like with grown ups too, there was some point like along the way in which we wound up thinking, hey, you know what? This isn't the worst way to spend an hour and forty minutes. And I think accordingly, like it hasn't happened yet, but I do think that that we we are due to actually enjoy ourselves at some point. I think. The relationship with Grown Ups 2 was complicated, though, because we recognised that what Adam Sandler had done was create a business. He was a jobs creator. The dude's making movies, and he's just a jobs creator. So you mean to tell me the only time you enjoyed Grown Ups 2 when you thought of the good that Adam Sandler was sowing in the world? I feel like that coloured a lot of it, because we kind of cottoned on to the fact, a bit later in the piece, that this was basically him just helping out his friends and his family... And, ch and charging everyday humans for the yeah. for the privilege. But that's okay, because if you charge a million people, what do you pay for tickets here for, for the flicks? 12 bucks? Is that about right? You charge a million people 12 bucks, you know how many bucks that is? 12 million. You got it. <laughs> so you're only inconveniencing people a little bit, but what he gets to give to, uh, you know, to those David Spade. Yeah. Half we all, we all, I mean, I'm, I, I would like to think I'm not alone in waking up in a cold sweat around 3 a.m. worrying about David Spade's financial <laughs> stability. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> yeah. with that. But Sex in the t City 2, uh, <laughs> Sex in the Titty 2, there's a, <laughs> a spin-off in the making. 
Uh, Michael Patrick no. King, is, he's, he's in it for himself. <laughs> and then SJP, there's a lot of cynicism that this film's been built with, you know? At least Sandler mm. was helping people out, but I don't think, I don't think old SJP was helping no, anyone. No, like, you look at the people who are on the Foley, who are dressing the mise-en-scene. <laughs> that is a diamond on the CV, this film. You've got a lot of active audio work and you've got a lot of great set dressing. And I did think as I was watching it, you know, a lot of the Cedric, they treated this thing like a salad and they were putting all of the sauces on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This I is do balsamic, actually, ranch. Those don't go together. No. Whatever. Just pipe them in. <laughs> no, there's a good analogy because much like a salad, this meal of a film has no substance. Is that you're waiting <laughs> yeah. for the steak and it never arrives. It's just like, oh, fuck, okay. Another leaf of lettuce or yeah, yeah. spinach or whatever. We are going to create this, this meal metaphor, which yeah. we are doing. And Michael Patrick King is the hilariously discombobulated chef in the kitchen, just grabbing disparate yeah. contents, going, no, we can do this. We can pull yeah. it off. Trading on reputation in a restaurant which has been past its use-by date for over 10 years. Still holding on to the Michelin stars, though. <laughs> Digging up Parmesan from the back of the fridge, just putting it on in the hope that someone won't think, wow, this, this Parmesan, I mean, you know, even new Parmesan tastes a little bit like vomit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. That's the funny thing about Parmesan, though. If it's new and fresh, it tastes like vomit. But if it's old, it tastes like cheese. Yeah, you, I mean, know you don't have a great track record with knowing what cheeses taste like or are what. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> strong, is this yeah, strong comeback. Is this <laughs> strong speculative comeback. Is this, is this because of the halloumi incident? Because you're not convinced that halloumi comes from really old... Uh, feta. Feta. No. Goat's milk. I'm not. And I put it to the esteemed cheese eaters of the room. Of whom there are at least ten. Here's the timeline of milk, though. It's milk, and then you leave it on the bench, and it's cream, and then you leave it on the bench, and it's <laughs> curdles, and you get the whey no, that you, you know, use in some stuff, and then you, you leave it a little more, and it becomes a soft now, cheese. when you go to the supermarket, Tim, they yeah. sell these things individually. Yeah. So you don't need to buy milk <laughs> and wait. <laughs> like you could you could go on and buy all of these different things. I know because the supermarket's done it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to buy like well, so you think and wait for it to turn into halloumi. I like that's what I'm what paying is, for. What do you think the business model of a supermarket is? They get there are <laughs> they like they get a lot of milk. They get a lot of milk. Well, in the dairy aisle for sure. They get a lot of milk and then they just have various like staging areas where it's been lying around for six months, nine months, like, 12 You months. think a supermarket is like a science fair <laughs> where they are selling products as they finish? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a commercial enterprise and what you're paying for is that you don't have to wait around on your own time to like wait for your feta to turn into halloumi. I'm amazed that for such a fan of cheese I'm having to explain this to you yeah. right now. I'm a little. <laughs> I was good, yeah. I'm. I came in confident. I'm leaving uncertain. I took notes. This watch guy. <coughs> I um, was there. Can I kick off with my shining light just to put us on it's a very confident, positive little hop in our step? Um, I really like the structural integrity of the wedding cake because <laughs> the wedding cake <laughs> looks like it's been created by some sort of architect. Where it's it's multi. There's about six tiers on it I, that you can see. And one tier is, they're all kind of off-centered, and it's got the sticks that hold them up, which traditionally would go through the middle of a cake. It's like one's right here on the left, and then the, the one on the next tier is way on the right, and it just it evens out. It's a masterpiece. 
And I know we've talked about the wedding cake before because you suggested that it's got real diamonds in it that people are constantly <laughs> breaking Shredding their, their insides, yeah. <laughs> but they're so, too fancy yeah. to like kind of put well, the hand I, up like, and go, hey. I'm, what, yeah, and when I said that, I would like to clarify. I was critiquing the diamond as a digestible, not as part of a structurally sound cake. <laughs> At your wedding. At my wedding, when you get married, you glamorous. What say puss. it wound up? Yeah, you well, glamorous pussy You know cat. how to talk me into a wedding. So, <laughs> if you me as a classy cat, would you? So your like ideal would be to have diamonds on the cake and just have everyone know how to deal with them, which is put them on the side and not eat them. Is that what I'm getting? In a land of fantasy, yeah, the whole thing is diamonds. Really? Diamond floors, chairs. The, it's a very un- physically uncomfortable. Visually striking wedding. Economically unsustainable wow. as well. How many people have you got at this wedding of yours? I don't know if you've heard of a little company called Audible.com. <laughs> but uh, I've recently been talking to them as a sponsor. Uh, on the proviso, I don't talk about jizz. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about their there, brand. Huh? Yeah, their you scratch my brand. back, I won't talk about yeah. jizz. I know how it goes. It's an old saying. <laughs> Hey, do you want to chuck your shining light in here? Do you no, have one? No, no. Uh, oh, no, I've got, I've got regular notes I could try and reappropriate. Um, it's up to you. I have written here, this is not a shining light, this is just, a, I would like to kick off the potty with a kiss, and then in parenthesis I've written a gift, <laughs> uh, which is a new thing I'm trying, I, I think a kiss is always a gift, Tim. And I'm, accordingly I'll give you a little, I'll give one on Mike. It's very uh, tender. Not a shining light. Just Very I'm just sweet. trying to do that at the start of every episode now to okay. boost <laughs> morale. Uh, <laughs> I won't say I don't appreciate it because I do, and I appreciate you. Oh yeah, no, I do have a shining light. Hit me. You want to hear about it? I, of course. Yeah, you're in luck because guess who has one? This guy. And guess have who we had too many beers before that? Yes, absolutely. We've uh, <laughs> we've been here that. I don't know. I feel like because we've had since we got to Los Angeles from our our the Shire. Uh, in the South Pacific, tending to our sheep and lambs, we've like we've been out every night, and we keep saying, "Yeah, tonight we'll we'll take it easy. We won't go out tonight because we got to kind of like you know get Keep our it heads together. Into, yeah, yeah we got to not kill ourselves before we get back to New Zealand. But consistently every night that has been thrown yeah. into the wind. You know what the thing is? It's just too warm in this town. Yeah, big time. It's like it's like the whole of Los Angeles is built behind a, an extractor fan coming out of a, 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 a kitchen. Oh, yeah, when you walk behind, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, like, it's, it's It's too hot. I yeah. can't wait for the sweet release of cool air. Yeah. And then you keep walking, and it's just more hot. It's all kitchen. And there are people jogging, and you think, you are aware we're right next to a kitchen. This we is saw not a good Amy place Schumer. to jog. We saw Amy Schumer jogging today. Blew my fucking mind. She was mind. walking. She was in jogging gear, though, so it counts. If you're in like, if you're in the gym equipment, but you're walking, it's jogging. Look, you want to hear this great? Does anyone know light? what temperature it was in Fahrenheit today? Can anyone? 92. 92. I don't even think that's impressive to Americans. <laughs> Maybe an American would complain about 92. True, but this is a room full of Americans. Oh, you think 92 is hot? Yo, you should go to the valley in the middle of summer. Now we're looking at 130, 140. All right, <laughs> you're gonna lose the loved one out there. You know what you want to do? You, you want to book yourself a nice beachfront home. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the beach. That's a maladu. Yeah, 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 yeah. That now, is a maladu. A maladon't is, is not doing that. <laughs> uh, don't go in the water. It's contaminated with sea lice. Anyway, Mongo- I don't know if you have sea lice here. 
I'm I assuming a, you did. I had a bad spell with them at an estuary in New Zealand. Uh, I think you briefly told me about this one. Broke out in a full body rash for a couple of hours. Not it's cool. Disgusting. Anyway, it's the like, shining light. Hey, hold on, hold on. How similar to that is scabies? Because scabies Very is different. like that, eh? Very different. Equally annoying. Uh, scabies last longer. Have I don't you know. had scabies as well? No, no, but I've been around people with scabies. What's going on with your skin, man? It's cool. <laughs> I look young. Not doing its job. You got scales. I'm the Dorian Gay of the pod gay. <laughs> you are the Dorian Gay of the gay. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Very <an> good. <laughs> recently, I have just discovered I am an aging, ageless gay. Uh, I thought I was an aging hetero. But, you know, you live and you learn. You do. Anyway, You're the shining light, yeah. as promised, but two hours ago. Uh, is the mug from which Charlotte drinks uh, near the conclusion of the film. So, you know, remember... That we're, oh, yeah, yeah, They're yeah, very yeah. raply... The teacup. Uh, yeah, they're very raply uh, tying up all of the story threads which they did not feed throughout Sex in the City 2 mm. uh, and, and Carrie's old apartment, which her and Big couldn't sell on account of uh, what the... the, fun <laughs> the, the uh, financial market was down. Yeah, the market didn't lend itself to selling a home in New York. A multi-million multi dollar, dollar apartment. So instead they just held on to it, you know. To as one does. Yeah. As, as, as one does when the market experiences you know, a downturn, Mr. Montgomery. As the audience surrogate, which Big and Carrie and all of the characters in Sex and City 2 are, they thought, you know what, the people will relate to is sitting on your second property in the Upper East Side. I want to try, man, but I feel like you're sidetracking yourself so much already from where you're headed Look, that I'd need to just butt out until you get to where you're going. The thing of it is, so uh, there's a cutaway as all of the story threads are being uh, neatly tied up. So uh, obviously Samantha gets to have sex with uh, Dick Bot, the android, um, <laughs> and Miranda gets a, a new job where her familiarity with the Pokedex is rewarded, <laughs> uh, and Carrie and Big just keep having sex and not watching TV. And Charlotte, uh, it's not really addressed. She's obviously going through huge relationship problems with Runkle from Californication. Uh, and she, she defers one day to the apartment, the unsold old apartment from the television series. And she's sitting on the couch there and drinking from a, a teacup or a mug, which is way too big for her hand. Big as her fucking head. Yeah, it's the like, size of her head. If you saw this teacup, you would think that it's some weird Alice in Wonderland situation because it's, it's completely disproportionate to the woman you're seeing carrying Absolutely. It. It's nuts. Uh, and it's something which I've enjoyed and laughed about with you during the film, mm. but it's never sort of occurred to me. It's so downcast am I by this point in the film, it's never occurred to me to say it out loud on mic. So in a two-and-a-half-hour film about... A myriad of issues they attempt to bring this up and week, never resolve. My a most teacup. Enjoy, yeah, my most briefly on screen. And you'll notice from the notes I took this week, <laughs> um, at the top of this page, it just says Charlotte's mug, which I think could be an okay sequel to uh, obviously the more well-known Charlotte's Web. Uh, um, a, sp a spider finds a home in a mug. Across the top of one, yeah. Charlotte doesn't want to drink from it on account of feeling empathy towards a, a spider. A Charlotte the one? human and Charlotte the spider befriend one another. Oh yeah, and uh, Runkle is the yeah, pig. Well, and uh, finally adopt a fully kosher diet um, <laughs> on account of being married to Runkle for mm -hmm. however long Runkle and Charlotte have been married in Sex in the City too. I mean, how many people in this room have seen Sex in the City too? Just so we know, you can make noise. We can't see. <laughs> Okay, a few people. I'm going to say six or maybe seven. Um, well, God bless you. Do, put, do keep your hand up. God or bless keep, you keep, in your hold awful decision-making. Hold on. Keep clapping if you saw it as a result of this podcast. 
Less. So now, and now the power please, please applaud uh, if you just watched it off your own bat for whatever reason at the time. Cool. Uh, d does this conclude the market research portion of our podcast this week? <laughs> yeah, we still haven't figured out how to process the data, but it's nice to have on the table. You know who I loved this week, though? And we talked about him a little while ago, and then he's blipped off the radar. His old pink Guy jacket. On. Not you. Guy Montgomery. Pink jacket. Oh, yeah. We love pink jacket. A lot of good... A lot of, uh, so there's an extra near the start of the... And there's obviously now this... And you, even if you saw it, I mean, that'd be impressed if you remembered. Uh, but there's an extra near the top of the film uh, who, wear, who, who dresses himself, or was probably dressed by the costume department, who were having a great time. They're having a ball on this Along movie. with the set dresses and foley people. Uh, he wears a pink jacket, and he's... Obviously, his, his only direction from Michael, MKP, as, uh, as he's known to the inner circle of friends he keeps, of whom Tim and I are esteemed members, uh, his, his only direction was, you just put on the thickest generic Spanish accent possible mm. and find your light. Yeah. <laughs> find your light, pal. Hey, Juan... I've named your character Juan. Yeah, Find your life. Yeah. Hey, yeah, and he basically says, hey, Juan, because he's an American. Hey, Juan, just find your light. We'll pay you by the, by, by the second that you manage to get on screen. And accordingly, who is otherwise a bit part extra is literally leaning in to every shot. He does a, like, stupendously phenomenal job of fucking up every take to the point where the editors would have got this steaming turd <laughs> of takes. And I'm like... This fucking guy is everywhere. Oh, like we can't yeah. get rid of and him. MKP walks in the editor's Oh, you're talking about Juan? Just cut around him. It's literally He's impossible, Michael. It's a wallpaper of a character, <laughs> and he has no lines. Like, the what guy the fuck? is like sea lice. He's just like... It's amazing. He's like a Where's Waldo in reverse, yeah. where it's like he's always there and he shouldn't be. You don't have you to look hard. He was only cast in the try wedding scene. You can find him in desert scenes in the Middle East. Try and find the fucking scene around him, <laughs> let alone him in the scene. So there's a guy it's in a pink jacket, and they're at the wedding, and they're, they're walking down the aisle. Oh, so there's a Liza Minnelli reveal. It's announced that Liza Minnelli is, is uh, emceeing, or, you know, the religious term. Comparing? Pri priesting. <laughs> uh, the wedding. are you an um, officiator of weddings? Are you qualified for that? I am a celebrant, yeah. Yeah, that's celebrant, the word, yeah. celebrant. I, uh, you I got, are one. You I got ordained by the Church of Life online as a 14-year-old. Uh, <laughs> does anyone want to get married in the room? Because I, I know, like, I've got the piece of paper's printed out. It's in my parents' house in a clear file somewhere. Like, next to some printed off erotic fiction about something very embarrassing to <laughs> masturbate to, I'm sure. Uh, Wait, what? Well, I got like a... <laughs> there's like, this I know, like, okay. This is, I, it's never occurred to me to say this. First of all, think this or say it out loud before, but there's a clear file somewhere in my parents' house which has like, it's got stuff like the printed out uh, s sort of ordained minister of the church of life or whatever that means I can marry people. I like to think. But also in that, I printed out, because you know, you didn't, we, we weren't, we were young. We were just before everyone had smartphones and the internet in their bedrooms all the time. Okay. And so, <laughs> oh, this is getting very... No, that, we need to get to the end. Very frank and personal. Yeah, but what else is in that file, man? Just like, some pr like a printed out... Little story as you a, like, Yeah, like as a... Little story you know, a little, that you wrote? A little, I didn't write it. Sexy no. little story? Presumably some sweaty 60-year-old dude hunched over a computer who was a like, big illegal fan of... What the fuck are you talking about? Hold Look, on. It's so just an erotic, it's an erotic celebrity fan fiction. That you found, not that, that you found, wrote. That I located online, printed, yeah. and 
had in a clear file, which I still don't know where it is. At your fucking parents' house. I was 14. That's where I lived. <laughs> Who were the celebrities in the... It was Hilary Duff. It was Lizzie McGuire. Hello. Hey, let me tell you something. You lost me five minutes ago with this story, and you just found me again, look, friend. Anyway, look. Because that is a fan no, fiction I fine. can get behind. Yeah, it's out. Look, well, not even, anyway. Hilary Duff, gorgeous. What do you think she's doing right now? It's something more productive and enjoyable. I reckon she could be in Sex in the City 3, Grown Ups in the City. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Samantha's long lost daughter. Oh, wait, you can't do that with women as easily, eh? <laughs> with dudes, it's easy to be like, surprise, you've got a kid. But with yeah. women, it's like, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I can, I can categorically say that is not mine. Mm. <laughs> I think I'd remember. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, and there's a clear file floating around somewhere in a, in a family home in Christchurch, New Zealand, mm. uh, which has all of the most embarrassing memories of my teenage and pubescent years. Good to know. If what I ever need know? to like, hold some dirt on you, that's where I'll go. You're <laughs> okay. my, your dad and me get along great, too. So he'll you get got, to you do get along he'll swimmingly. Here's a question Steven. I want to throw at you, though. Um, in honour of the Rugby World Cup kicking off today, which I know no one in America will care about, which is why I'm bringing it up. You could feel that announcement galvanise the room. Absolutely. Uh, and well done to Japan. Well done to and Japan. And that huge upset against uh, South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I could tell you people anything, you would whoop. At yeah. least a couple. Why, why Who's a rugby fan in the room? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, apologies. Well, those are Sorry. different whoops from the people who whoops Japan. <laughs> There was <laughs> like a, a room full of people driving. who like rugby and not the Japanese rugby team. <laughs> and it's a room, that, a room full of people who love Japan and know nothing of rugby. Well, look, I hate to bring this up, but we're in America now. Pearl Harbor, we you know. Oi. Well, you have brought stick. it up. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the question I wanted to ask you was, the Rugby World Cup trials are apparently being held at the hotel where our four sassy ladies are staying in Abu Dhabi. Uh, what the fuck is the ruse? Because there's no such thing as World Cup yeah, trials. And if there this. was, there would definitely... They wouldn't be held in the Middle East in scorching heat. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, previously, or we, we've prodded at this sort of uh, plot detail, if you will, which you must, um, in which there's a, there's, a, so there's a Rugby World Cup trial happening in Abu Dhabi, which is obviously this is insane. It's too warm. There is no such thing as a Rugby World Cup trial where they draw on the best rugby-playing nations in the world to go and play rugby in, 40 you know, in 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. Clearly, we don't understand Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as 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 more information is bled out with with each watch, and that's obviously how movie watching works. Is if you watch it more and more, you get more information from it. It's not the same movie. It's always it's, it's an, an ever changing and ad adapting, um, living, breathing being. The logic would be surely, Tim. Yes. And esteemed people of the room. And internet. Whenever you may be listening to this. You're awfully close to that communal mic. I'm kissing it. <laughs> For a kiss is always a gift. <laughs> and occasionally a disease, I'll find out about later. Yeah. Um, but what I am saying to you is that, the, so that the, whoever's in charge, presumably someone at the Pentagon or involved in sort of the UN's international defense, uh, you know, they've, they've pretty much assembled a, a group of, Highly trained athletes. Okay. Um, <laughs> the cough was not for comic effect. It's a cough. <laughs> the 
to her. They give her that yeah. stipulation. Why are people laughing at coffee? I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> is so they've pretty much been like, okay, we've got, uh, we've got this. Is, this supports your <coughs> dick bot theory from the previous week. I think you can see where this is going. If you feel like someone's trying to stop you getting this theory out. <laughs> I'm getting a very 24 vibe, like no, someone no, no. has I'm, injected I'm some gas into the room that's causing you to fuck up. I'm back, baby! Suddenly Jack Bauer's going to uh, burst so through the door. So pretty much, what, pretty much, what's happening is someone who's in charge of international defence and is aware of the threat posed by Dickbot. And yeah, you're Android. back on Max 93 FM. Yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so pretty much, what's happening here is you got the defence force who are gathering a, a whole bunch of, say, over 100 highly trained physical specimen to combat this one robot, aka Dickbot. Oh, they're here to take down Dickbot. That's right. The only okay. reason the World Cup trial ruse exists is to counter the threat posed by this cyborg sent from, you know, wherever. Yeah. I was postulating Japan, funnily enough, so that all arcs back, doesn't it? I see what you've done Holy there. Holy shit. What if it's like... Oh. Mm. This is an international relations nightmare, and I feel like single-handedly we may be creating some trouble here, but what about yeah. all the ill feeling that was created from Pearl Harbor? has now translated to a payback Pearl Harbor 2 in the form of Dickbot. Dickbot is Pearl Harbor 2. <laughs> so Dickbot is a, has been built by the Japanese army who have yet to release the ill will that they feel, and fair enough, over... About the backlash yeah. over their initial action. In so Pearl this is Harbor. round three. Yeah. Thoughts? I have no reason to uh, refute what you're saying to me. <laughs> in the spirit of both... Uh, our friendship and the energy of the room right now, it would be <laughs> in my best interest to support what you are suggesting. Here's another question I'd like to throw at you, Guy. I want to discuss what you think, because it, it occurred to me during watching the film this day, this day, that we might be on slightly different um, frequencies about Brady, the Rat King, and what his motivations are... <laughs> And, like, kind of his moral compass. No one asks to be a rat king for a so start. So what I, what I would like to do first is just ask you, can you talk to me a bit about what you interpret Brady the Rat King as being in Bra terms of, uh, like, a dude, and then I'll Brady see if we're on the same page. bog-standard uh, eight-year-old kid, what, you know, whatever the number is, we'll call it eight, who uh, goes about a pretty haphazard science project Slaps it together. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you know, the detail. Aesthetically, very satisfying. Scientifically, there is no... There's, there's no, no merit to there's it. nothing. Nothing. In what he's doing. It's a salad of a science project. There's no substance. The kid is mailing it in. Absolutely. Uh, and there are obviously there are big, tr big problems at home. I mean, Dad, you know, he's, he's around. He's a stay-at-home dad, but he's an absentee father. He's trying to get his spelling bee business off the ground. Mum, yeah. a lawyer... Uh, and so he's just slapped together a science project, taking it to school. For whatever reason, he's won. Obviously, this is the teacher's efforts to placate the discovery that Brady's walking into. Brady is pretty much passive the whole way through his ascent to so being the Rat King. Can I just hit pause on that? Do you think Brady doesn't deserve to win at the science festival? I think I'm on the record as saying I do not think that a mouse maze <laughs> a science project makes. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a reflexive, defensive decision from the teacher to say, this kid is on the cusp of harboring the power of vermin. Yeah. 
Let's placate we will placate him by awarding a science prize to him and okay. accordingly hope that he doesn't wind up maybe, I don't know, harnessing the underworld that is the rat kingdom let me, hold on, and let taking me, over New York and eventually the world. Let me pause you there because the fine's going off and it might be mine, I'm not sure. But it might be, if it's someone in the audience... Take um, it. Yeah, or give it to us, it'll be more fun. But equally, it might be me. So, let me so yeah, no, it's not my, me. my understanding of it is that Brady is... he's. He sort of, it was thrust upon him. Some people are born heroes, others, uh, some people are born great, others have greatness thrust upon them. I believe Matt Damon said that in the Titanic. Uh, and <laughs> Sounds right. I believe that, that the saying applies again. Okay, that's good. So we're on the same page with Brady, I think. I hadn't um, kind of gone that in depth about... Look, I take it, but don't let it ring yeah, out. Yeah, there's definitely a phone going <laughs> off. Make, make a decision all, on the phone call. Let's all figure it out. Oh, it's me. It's my phone. That it played the intro from. This is what I love about America. No one can understand how to operate an Android device. It's like giving it to someone here. Although, I don't know how to turn this off. There you go. They're like, what is this alien technology you've brought into our country that's going to take over? It's just an Android, man. They're very popular now. Just look at Samsung. Killing it in the Android space. And no, my boys I will HTC. not look at Samsung. Anyway. Tell me, what do you think of Brady? It's hilarious that there was my phone, though, huh? That is, is funny. I, I do agree. Um, Brady. So, yeah, no, absolutely. We're on the same page with this. So, Brady, I've always interpreted as being um, sort of, I don't want to say Batman-esque, but he's like kind of a, an anti-hero is what he is. So, he's a guy who we can actually trust to do the right thing, but very dubious methodology of getting there, and you've got to break a few eggs to make some omelettes, or decapitate people using your army of rats. I don't think you're making multiple omelets. I don't think they're saying is you have to break a few eggs to make some omelets. <laughs> you, you make one omelet at a time. Ah. Well, not if you're getting shit done, which Brady clearly is. He's an ambitious okay, okay. dude, oh. you know. I multiple eggs, corrected. multiple omelets, a lot of ovens involved. Like not just the one stovetop. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's cooking up a feast. There are four stovetops on one oven, so <laughs> yeah. there are multiple ovens involved. This guy's making at least, arguably, five to eight omelets. <laughs> While that. harnessing the power of the entire vermin kingdom, yeah. the guy's busy. He's getting shit done. So, but my point being, like, I'm glad that we're both on the same page with him. He's, a, he's an ethically dubious guy who I think ultimately... I didn't say I'm any of this. I'm trying to think <laughs> of like an example in, in, in film where it's... It's kind of like when you see the villain who just does kind of petty, bad shit, but then redeems himself at the end by sacrificing himself to the hero. That's who I think Brady the Rat King is. Dissimilar to Dickbot, who is pure evil. But that, uh, Dickbot did not ask to be pure evil. That was programmed by the Japanese. That's the beauty of his character. That's why he's such a rich character, because, like, you're right. He's a total victim of his own circumstance. He didn't ask to be an evil artificial intelligence unleashed by the Japanese onto America. He just was. He was born that way. And that opens up a lot of discussions on the nature versus nurture thing. It's well, just a original better movie sin. than Sex in the City 2. It's waiting to be made. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree, and that's 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 when uh, Dennis Dugan, Adam Sandler, and Michael Patrick King getting a getting a, a round table, start throwing ideas around. Big time, uh, and probably I would like to think just cuss us out for several hours. <laughs> Wouldn't it? It's a satisfying thought. Imagine Michael Patrick King and Adam Sandler met at some red carpet event, and they're like, oh, Do you "These hear about those fucking fuckers? guys." <laughs> 
<laughs> that alone would make this worthwhile. Um, yeah, we can come back to Brady. There are other points, because, you know, obviously we're, we're liable to get distracted. There are other points during the... Um, we're liable to get distracted from what? <laughs> like what? Whatever it is. What I is mean, this? Just out of curiosity, once again, who in the room has never heard an episode of our podcast before? And don't be shy. Applaud, applaud. <laughs> cool. Uh, what are you, you even watching? Are you Drew? <laughs> Drew Davenport's here. He's a podcast superstar. Hey, get, yeah, you give, it, you give it up for Drew Davenport, like, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. You give it up for him. But, so the, th the thing of it is, though, I appreciate the curiosity. Thank you. And I appreciate anyone who would pick up a pen I happen to drop. <laughs> and I appreciate the fact that there are people in here who aren't familiar with what we do who are taking a punt on a grunt, so yeah. to speak. But what... I don't understand, like, if my friend said to me, do you want to come watch these guys discuss Sex and City 2 for the 30th time? And you've got no, no context in the lead-up to that. Yeah. That is not a, a strong offer. Yeah, Let, let's look at that schedule. Uh, pretty sure Greg Proops yeah, is on yeah, at the I'm, same fucking yeah, time. Yeah. I think I'll give that one a pass. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a, not such a context-specific discussion I could take part in and maybe understand. Mm. Anyway, I, uh, what I'm trying to say... Well, hold uh, on, because now we're back into the market research portion of the podcast, <laughs> which I love. But, like, why did you come here? If you you're an Aussie. Fantastic. A so when you said you're a fan of rugby, you weren't kidding. For real. Cool. And how about you? Are you guys friends? Love it. it uh, All aboard the friend ship, <laughs> as Montgomery Burns would say. We definitely should have mic'd you up for this. You... you you came here because you heard we were going to be here. Oh, we, we, met, we met you but yesterday evening. You're a sweet angel sent from on high to placate our insecurities. It's funny when you don't mic up the audience as well because for the purpose of 99% of the people who will hear this who are not in the room right now, any other side of the conversation could be happening. We're just filling in blanks. So I could be like, hey, so why'd you come here? You heard we were comedy geniuses? Well, that's very... I mean, it's a strong, strong term. It's not undue, but I'm a little embarrassed to accept it as a Kiwi. We're very shy. We're bashful people. That's right. Anyway, the original point I was trying to make was... <laughs> All right. I don't think we should be watching... No. Um, is that at the wedding, at the big gay wedding, big which gay pretty wedding. much... If you are curious as a, as a listener of the podcast as to how long we can be interested in or engage with the film... I'm pretty much taking notes and interested in what's happening all the way to the end of the wedding, which is 20 minutes out of the two and a half hours. <laughs> like, cause there's, uh, there's action and there's like cuts and there are different characters and there's stuff to look at in the background of frame. Mm. It's pretty much from there forward that it's just the four um, leads just having huge problems with their great lives. And what I noticed this week, and you did too, and we talked about it, but I wrote it down, is that the wedding is the direct, and this is a, this is a, much like the party scene in Grown Ups 2. This is obviously a big, long time spent on set, and they're just telling people to do something to make it, like, you know, for, for just for an interest level, on the off chance anyone decides to watch this movie repeatedly. Hope going. Is the only direction given to all of the extras at the wedding is to da keep dancing. It is honestly like yeah. Job from the Bluth family yeah. was in charge of wrangling extras. <laughs> during the wedding Good and he time. just said everybody dance <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody dance now. And there's no like, cause there's no music playing in the in terms of the the lineage of the like and and the, the order of the film. There's no music playing for a lot of the wedding, but anyone you look at in the background of the frame is dancing the whole time. But dancing in a way like the movements are very much the movements of a person who has been told to dance with a fucking gun yeah, to yeah. their face who've been dancing for too no long. One, no one's finding or feeling the beat. No. They're just wriggling with nerves. For their lives, because there's not dancing at that point. That's just like worm movement. Yeah, well, no, it's, right? it's, oh my god, I'm so sorry, Michael Patrick King. I'll do better. It's I'll pure, do better next time. Pure survival. It's just a bunch of people wriggling to not be prodded or shot. Yeah, and you can tell that when you watch the movie thirty times. The fear in their eyes is real. It's visceral. Hits I wanted me. to broach that topic this week. I wanted to bring up something. Um, and that is the treatment at the top of the film leading into the movie, uh, or the wedding, rather, which basically is the movie for me, that wedding scene or nothing. <laughs> when they're in, what's the name of the, rest of the uh, jewellery store again? Uh, Bergdorf, Bergdorf, Goodman? Bergdorf Goodman. Does that sound like a familiar brand, Americans? Bergdorf Goodman. Does that sound like a familiar name? Bergdorf Goodman. <laughs> Bergdorf Goodman Incorporated. Let me let me tell you yeah. a little bit about Bergdorf Goodman. Founding father, diamond maker. I'm Mr. Bergdorf. This is my associate, Mr. Goodman. It is mighty fine to meet y'all. Yeah. Big fans of jewelry, we would presume. <laughs> Anyhow, you were saying. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. What I was saying is... Uh, I really detest the manner in... Yeah, nice one. Way to get me back for that trip gag. What I detest... <laughs> hashtag escalation. Well done. What I really detest is the fact that um, Charlotte goes, her best gay friend is marrying my best gay friend. As if it's like two fucking pet dogs that they're doing a faux <laughs> wedding for. It's detestable. I hate that shit. They are human fucking beings. You do not own them. That's it's so like that whole opening scene. That's like, I think you could feel 
even in the, the performance, uh, presumably, as all movies are, this one was shot in chronological order. Uh, <laughs> and like, this is the first... We understand <laughs> the film industry now. We've been in LA for four days. Yeah. We, we get it. Yeah, it's, it's confusing otherwise. How do you know what goes where? Um, <laughs> so, and this is the first scene. So there's all of the actors getting together on set and they're about to hoe in to the meaty script provided by MKP. Yeah. Uh, and they get given it and they go, oh, well, equal line distribution. This is going to be great. And they yeah. walk in, you know, because they, they all get given one zinger, which is, I understand, as someone who hasn't really seen it properly, was what a lot of the, the joy from the television series was built around, was that, you know, you got finally got to watch four women frankly discussing their lives and all the aspects they're in. Finally. Yeah. And so the four of them, they all get given one line or whatever, and they all, like, go, boom, 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 boom. And in between every one of them delivering a line, someone drives a bus <laughs> in between the lines. And there's no connective tissue yeah. between their zingers as well. It's just like MKP was contractually obligated yeah, but you can to get all the like, women across the so, line to sign up. But you can up. feel that the hope in them and the energy in mm. them in that scene is like, wow, yeah, yeah. This now, might check this one out. Yeah. Check out this little Maybe pop and zinger. all the deep-seated doubts I had about doing the sequel for the last five years were misplaced. Maybe we'll have fun together. Mm. And I feel like that that is present even in what you the deplorable lines that they deliver. And yeah. so they aren't really even paying attention to the detail of the script. They're just, they just so get excited to, say something. to be back on. Like They're sort of just trying to... Rallying you know, so, against you know, the turn. You've got to catch up with a friend or you've got to do something. Like, you've got to go and do something which you feel like you should be excited about but you aren't necessarily excited to do. And you convince yourself en route and even in the opening throws of whatever that activity is, you're like, hey, so you know what? Hold on, let me, let me just plug a personal example out of the air. Say, for example, you live in New Zealand your whole life and you go to America for a podcast festival <laughs> which is all predicated on you watching Sex in the City too, <laughs> and you can't even look forward to that. Would that be a sort of sound example? Yeah. And so, in spite of <laughs> the huge backlog of information you have about how you're definitely not going to enjoy yourself, yeah. you start watching Sex in the City 2. Yeah. Just with the blind hope that maybe this time you'll push through and wind up enjoying yourself. This is what's happening on set, between the, on the first day that they're on set, at, when they're at Bergdorf Goodman. Um, the four of them are all doing this. Yeah. And I think by the end of the scene, as they're delivering the sort of... Uh, vaguely homophobic lines, they're all coming to terms with the fact that they're in for a very long time on set and a very long time in Morocco because uh, they're not going to go travel and shoot in Abu Dhabi because Abu Dhabi want nothing to do with the film set in Abu Dhabi in spite of it being paid for by the Abu Dhabi Tourism Board as we understand it. <laughs> I feel like we should be wearing tinfoil hats right now. There's only one thing that I can throw in the mix at this point because I see time's ticking, ticking away. Sk where is he, he going? What is What's he wearing, he frankly? <laughs> That's the question. Uh, and the answer this week will be delivered by both of us in tandem because we both know exactly what old coffee we guy's know, up to. We know both of the, uh, the questions. Of we know course. the answer to both questions. Yes. And they marry up very nicely. This is going to blow you away. He is wearing a suit. You go. 
I'm showing off mic to help you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's how you help someone, by eating. <laughs> He's wearing a suit made of titanium. You may be familiar with the Jackie Chan career revitalizing the tuxedo. Yeah, the, that Jackie Chan, Jennifer Love, Hewitt franchise, which <laughs> got off the ground like a plane. Genuinely surprised you do know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I've seen it, but I remember the poster. Of course, I haven't seen it either. No one did. I think the basic premise of that movie is Jackie Chan is uh, sort of hapless and he's given a tuxedo, which is a sort of a robot as programmed to know. Mar I'm getting a thumbs dude. up from a member of the audience. I'm on the nose. Uh, so the guy's wearing a titanium suit, a suit yeah. provided presumably by the US government uh, in anticipation of any upcoming attack. That is exactly what the movie leads you to believe. Until it is revealed that said suit has been made by one John Big. <laughs> yeah, you mean from a big old book of ideas. Yeah, you, mean, you don't mean Mr. Big from Big's Big Book of Ideas, do you? <laughs> the very same, the very same man. Mr. Big, while wandering in his office one day, colorblind, aimlessly looking at the stock market, trying to figure out if it was up or down. It's like we've never seen this before. Not only is Mr. Big colorblind, he suffers from awful vertigo. Yeah. I mean, the, the stock they put market, him in that 60th yeah, yeah. level office was a real the fucking dick the move. The stock market could not be a worse place for this guy to be working. Yeah. I mean, he's, the man's got no built-in compass or sense of color. He is literally just in rotation every day. Just his whole life is guesswork. Bad time. So he's in there, and his mind wanders a lot, and to help his crippling anxiety from being put up in the 60th floor uh, while suffering from vertigo, is he often will flick on the TV, and lo and behold, what trailer did he watch? The tuxedo. And that gave him an idea. <laughs> I'm going to rip off the tuxedo. So he just decided he was going to build the suit, and then he teamed up with a uh, noted science legend, Andre Agassi. You'll remember Andre Agassi from his book, uh, the Tales of Andre Agassi. Uh, this works perfectly because Big, in terms of the chronology of the film, the point at which we meet Coffee Guy, a.k.a. Jackie Chan, uh, in Whiteface, um, is... I forgot about that bit. Yeah, yeah. But we, so this is when Carrie has... She's gone off the grid, so to speak, to finish that article she's writing for Vogue to promote her upcoming book, I Do, Do I? A First Year Guide to Marriage. So he might project a confident air, but the guy is paranoid. He thinks carries onto his vertigo, his colorblindness, <laughs> the fact he's been losing their money for over 10 years. He pours what remains of their savings into the suit and into Agent Chan, who then has, he's tasked with following Carrie around New York. So Carrie thinks she's out gas bagging with the gals. Guess what? Big's got a mole right next door. You dig what I'm saying? I absolutely do. Uh, the audience might be confused by the fact... <laughs> of course, I know the plot of this. Yeah, it's, this, it's, you this know, story. But the audience might be a little confused that it seems like <laughs> Mr. Big's chief... Uh, 
character point is that he's losing a lot of money, and the way he solves that is by following his girlfriend around with a guy in a titanium suit, which doesn't seem to solve any of those problems. You know, the thing is, when you're at the when you're in the depths of despair, you're not thinking straight. Exactly. You're not like you're not processing each problem individually. They all meld into one sort of hellscape and you're just trying to fix things as they occur to you and accordingly you don't get anything done because you're just in a panic yeah and this is the circumstance in which mr big finds himself but i mean yeah i i beautifully we both know the ending of this tale well which is the which is the most obvious setup for a sequel in the history of cinema correct michael bay would do well to learn from the end of sex in the city too (laughs) in which there is the nationwide power surge uh, obviously, from the Pentagon, the source of all American power. Because Brady uh, the Rat King has found a way to just throw his armies. He's actually, yeah. he, see, not a lot of people know this, Americans, <laughs> but all of the power in your country is generated from the Pentagon. That's right, there's one, one 200 watt plug. Yeah. That's just and been uh, daisy chained on a bunch yeah, yeah. of multi there's a, there's a multi plug and then an extension cord. And if you look, actually, if you, I don't know if you guys have looked at America from satellite before. But you can actually trace the state lines from the extension cords running across the land. It's like the Great Wall of China, but a lot more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So and thinner, because, you know, they're only this... I mean, they're not waterproof. It's risky what you guys are doing. <laughs> this whole Brady room... has figured out that the economic powerhouse of the free world, the United States of America, has one chink in its armour, and that is the power grid, uh, which seems haphazardly put together at best. And he's just thrown his armies concurrently all of those rodents together focused on the pentagon and who's going to save them uh interestingly mr big and his agent chan titanium suit man that's but right we don't find out how it goes because it's a franchise and yeah. you gotta milk that shit you can't like you can't just set up something that interesting yeah I say as people leave the room. And some people uh, would say it's an anticlimax, um, which dangerously seems like something weird teetering over the edge of uh, creating. I, I beg to differ. I beg of you to have a different opinion from you. Me the too, origin kinda. of that colloquialism, um, begging to differ. To be honest, this I is... I grovel to ye. With... Uh, on my knees. The, to have a, an alternative opinion. We've got to call it off, mate. This has what? gone too long. This conversation? Yeah. Absolutely not. No, nah, it's gone too long. No, i got stuff written down. <laughs> Sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from where you're from and I didn't understand what you were saying. I can only imagine what other people were hearing. I've got stuff written down. I'm gonna, in all seriousness, I'm gonna give you 90 seconds to wrap up. You're like three different points. Okay, first of all, Tim, do you think we'll be friends A, forever? B, (laughs) a while from now? Or C, not after February? February 2016? Yeah. I reckon forever. That's very sweet, thank you. Nick! Um, Okay, secondly, I know the clue is in the title, and then in parentheses I've written the word sex, but if I know I'm surrounded, I do not have the confidence to have sex like that. Uh, No, the context is obviously everything. I know what you're talking about, and no one else does. Uh, Yeah. No, so, the thing of it is, 
Samantha, and this is the issue with watching the movie and not having seen the 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 television series. It's like, but I understand Samantha's character. She's sort of she's rambunctious. She's forty five seconds. She enjoys herself as and when she pleases sexually. But in the film, she winds up having sex at the big gay wedding, uh, trademark Michael Patrick King, uh, with like a brick, a concrete layer called Nikki, right? And they're having sex, and it is she, they are sandwiched in between two rooms, one in which her friend Charlotte and husband Runkle are sleeping with their two children, and the other in which Big and Carrie are. And they are fucking so loudly. 20 seconds. It is shaking the very foundations of the wooden New Hampshire house. Um... What I'd like to say to you, Tim, is I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that I think. Sorry, I'll stop the clock. It is a really mean thing to do to you. But um, um, when I'm sort of bearing my sexual yeah, I know, soul I to apologize. you. So what you're saying is uh, I could not. What they're doing is crazy. I shouldn't have put chips on stage. What you're saying is you couldn't have sex with someone that loudly at a wedding when you know that there's heaps of people you know are around. Is that? The gist of where we're headed with this thing? Is that, you know, when you boil going? it down to its composite parts, it doesn't feel like it was worth bringing up. <laughs> what was your third point? Yeah. The, yeah, what I'm trying to say is I don't really love having loud sex when I know people can hear. I just needed a room full of people to know that. It's not relating to Sex in the City 2 at all. I just want that to be on the record. What's your third point? Come on, buddy. Bring it home. Bring it home. Let's do I this. I just brought it so far home. I have given two deeply personal details I had no intention of sharing. I literally can't remember the first one. Yeah, I know it happened like four minutes ago. I don't know what you said. It won't be on record. Look, you know, man, I like you so much. I really do. Oh, that's right. Friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic. So, no, see, hey, no, I want to hear the third one. Come on. The other thing I've written down, um, I've got, I don't know why they really hone in on Carrie's eye makeup purchase and subsequent use. <laughs> so, yeah, you remove context. These, these sound like the, the ramblings of a madman. No, um, listen. Hey. You give Montgomery 20 seconds and counting down, uh, suddenly they make perfect sense. How dare you? How dare you? Because you're right. How dare you, and you attacking yourself, not how dare you by coming up with the original point. Because I was trying to attack you. Let me <laughs> tell you something, folks. The Carrie eye makeup thing makes no fucking sense. She's gone to Abu Dhabi. This is a chick who brought with her, like, 80 pieces of luggage. She's got ample amounts of yeah. makeup that she's brought with her. Even if they're on a PR trip, there's no doubting this lady had to pay for extra baggage. Totally. But the film pays special, special attention to the fact that Carrie, uh, when she is in the souk, buys special eye makeup, uh, like mascara, right? That's just there in Abu Dhabi, to which she point, doesn't need. Like, to the and point you see her buying it. You see her paying for it. There's a you see her talking about it. There's a, there's a shot of it her on. tearing an off-brand mascara from like a whole, sort of there's like a, a laid out, like this long sort of, there's just, it's all just individual um, tubes of mascara. And you see a close-up of her pulling it off. There's no brand name recognised. Like, this movie is all advertising. There's nothing to tell you what this product actually is. But there's still a very intense shot of exactly what she's tearing off. It makes no sense then. And then yeah. later in the movie, when she's preparing for a date with Aiden so she can cheat on who she's discovering is a pretty unreliable financially and emotionally husband, um, 
she is another shot of the same off-brand mascara. <laughs> Neither of them amount to any. Do you know what? In saying it out loud, though, mm. to a room of people who don't know it like we know it. Yeah. And it sounds condescending, but you will never know this movie like we do. <laughs> that is a fact. Finish your sentence, Bobby. What were you saying? This is the red herring of the film from the advertising department. They're like, if we chuck in a couple of off-brand, because Sobu, we had Mr. Big walks in with, walks in with Sobu. Yeah. Sobu Fusion. Yeah. And there's a very gratuitous shot of Sobu. I've Googled Sobu. I want to eat it. Um, the, Sobu has, clo- has, has either never existed, <laughs> I sound like Charlie Kelly, and it's always sunny. <laughs> there is no Carol from HR! Um, no. There is that no is the best episode of television yeah. ever made. Absolutely. Fuck that is. Get good. rid of that pen. I'm sick of it. Uh, there is no, there is no Sobu Fusion from New York. This really? Is the, this is, so this is the people who sold brand space in the, and this lends itself also to that huge billboard with nothing advertised when they're driving through the plains of the Middle East. Just got a dude's it's, face. They've got at least three things in which there's no actual advertisement. Brand, there's nothing they're selling because it's like, well, if we put in a few things that don't exist, <laughs> it will distract from the fact that Bergdorf Goodman and Louis V and all these other bougie brands mm. have paid a shit ton of cash to get this thing done in the first place. I've lost it. Suzanne man. Summers. <laughs> Probably the best example. But I get what you're saying. You're saying that if you put enough fake brands in, you can't see the wood from the trees of what's paid advertisement and what's just there for the universe of the film. (laughs) Word economy, baby. I'm going to wrap up on this because I theorise what has happened is they've tried to sell the ad space, haven't got the figure they were looking for, and are so fucking vindictive that they're like, we're keeping in the slot, we're not filling it, just to fucking show them what could have been. So they went to Max or whoever makes makeup, and they were like, you know, let's have a talk, let's see if we can make something happen, doesn't get across the line. Fuck you, all the screen time you could have had is remaining in the cinematic (laughs) cut of this film so you can see what you could have had. And you didn't That get. is exactly correct. And do you know what I noticed for the first time this week, who I thought had an absolutely fantastic spot, uh, actually, of paid advertising in the film, mm. is this great uh, new uh, sort of uh, crowdfunded startup called Kick... Kicks, no, no, what's it called? Uh, Audible. Audible.com. Um, <laughs> and Audible.com, over 180,000 over hun- Over 180,000? Would you believe that? Bloody, you can't even count that high, idiots. Um... <laughs> Over 180,000 books. Now, a book, imagine a movie, but it's hard work and boring. <laughs> you are now thinking of a book. You know that movie, <laughs> The Martian? It's got, what's his name? Matt Damon. Thank you. From the Titanic. You got. <laughs> you sure know your movies. Uh, that was a book first, apparently, and the audio book is available from audio, audible.com. So just use the yeah. code audible.com slash LAPodfest. That's right. And, uh, and what you'll get is a free book and, and a 30-day trial for this great service, which, f- frankly, I can say I can't get enough of. Um, and I say that in the same way. Like, I can't get enough of sort of gold bars because... <laughs> I've never had a gold bar. Oh, baby, we've got to close these threads off. We can't start chucking new threads in. What I'm saying is, while while I might not know Audible, I've never kissed Audible. (laughs) And every kiss is a gift. (laughs) Uh, I understand it to be an outstanding product. Very good. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Guy Montgomery. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim (laughs) Batch. Thank you so much for coming out. 
Have a wonderful Thanks, evening. Man. You're the real stars. Now, I'm not sure how long we've got this room for, but I'll bet there's a lot of bladders out there that need emptying. So if you want to take a leak, do it now in freedom. Yeah. Free from, uh, you know, scorn or embarrassment. So do we finish and you're still talking to the room like they're a captive audience? Yeah, absolutely. Because aren't we going to do like a Q&A if anyone had any... Oh, yeah, yeah. Want to get some thing? We've got how long do we have the room for? Hello. Okay. Okay, that was a decisive female voice. Um, I like that. Anyone with any questions or theories pertaining to either of the two films with which we're familiar? Uh, Predominantly, if someone can give us yeah. a good coffee, well, you're guys. Right, if, you're, if, you're wa- if you're waving... Uh, I'll come around. Are you, you going to go? No, come no, up. Come up. No, come no, up. I'll run around. No, he's, coming. No, he's, look, he's already on his way. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen. It's Travis McElroy. My brother, my brother and me. Hello. Uh, I, I had a question, and we were talking a little bit about it the other day. Is this... I haven't watched it, and I will not. <laughs> you brave and hearty soul. Does it, does it ever hit the point of good-bad? Like, the room, or that kind of idea of like, oh my god, if I got a group of people together, it would be so bad, it'd be good. Sex in the City 2? Yes. So... If I may. Yes, please. Luckily, it doesn't. And we were really... No, we were fucking worried about that when we picked our second film. So, uh, Grown Ups 2, with both films, they're so slickly produced and there's so much money that's been poured into them that they don't achieve that level of enjoyable badness. That like The Room's the perfect example of that, where it's just like, whose hands are on the wheel here? Just one dude, and he's insane. <laughs> right? And he's funded the whole thing himself, and it's just a glory project for him. But luckily, the studio had enough involvement to polish that turd to the point where you're like, oh, a shiny turd-looking rock. Interesting. Yeah. So you kind of you can't grab onto the badness of it, uh, which is good. Because the only reason we picked Sex in the City 2 is when we were making this little uh, video to say thank you to our fans, and we did the reveal that it was like, and they're, they're, we're going to do it all again for season two, we experimented with a couple images, and that movie poster of Carrie and the Desert hilarious. <laughs> Fucking dynamite, and that, and con- and sort of running concurrently with the runtime, we laughed at it just maniacally, <laughs> as an idea, not as something we would pursue, but just as like, it's no consideration for what it meant. But I would, I'd go even further and say, Grown Ups too. Eventually, like we were lucky enough when we watched it for the last time, we were in a cinema full of people who had heard the podcast and sort of knew the trigger moments which we'd enjoyed. And there was in watching that the satisfaction of like something, say the room, wherein. You can all grab onto these moments and say, yeah, I, I remember that, I remember that. Sex and City 2, it's so long <laughs> yeah. that, like, it's, I it do it not... It fucks you up. If, we, like, <laughs> really if we were to watch it, like, it's, it's just a competently made terrible film. If we were to watch it with a, a room full of people who have listened to even every episode of this season of the podcast, I don't think, I think everyone would walk out, <laughs> yeah. you're, like, tired and broken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there'd be that sort of, like, a, a sort of galvanizing energy across the room of like yeah because co- like all the things we talk about uh, they like cumulatively they make up less than 20 minutes of the film <laughs> so you've got another two hours and 10 minutes of movie which you're just wading through to get to the trigger mo- like does it is this does this answer your question at all travis perfect yeah okay thank you, thank you very thank much you. thank you travis, travis everybody travis mcelroy and if you if you if you people out there don't listen to my brother, my brother and me yet. You goddamn shooks. It's the best podcast around. Uh, do, has anyone else got Hello. a... Hello. 
Oh, a come question. Up. Come we on, come, see. No, come on up. We'll, we'll see them. It's okay. Thank you very much, though. Why, if it's not Stuart, Stuart Goldsmith, ladies and gentlemen, from the Comedians Comedian Podcast. Uh, hello, you uh, you remain the only other podcast that I've advertised from my own podcast. Oh, Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to be on the. What pedestal. was the other one though? Uh, what was that? What was the other one? No, he's no the, I he, said he's you were the only we're the one. Only, oh, so we're the only one. This his one and our one. Fantastic. Yeah. Such uh, generosity of spirit. I had, uh, I'm I a colonist. <laughs> get in the light, Stu, so people can see. I'd you. first uh, like to point out the irony of the fact that uh, it is Guy Montgomery who is currently battered when it is actually Tim Bat that stayed up all night the other night. And actually, <laughs> my question is, which of the two of you is the biggest lush? Fuck, that's a good question. What? Could you please give us a working definition of lush? Uh, drunkard. There we are. <laughs> oh, now, I like... <laughs> I like a tipple as much as the next yeah, man. Yeah. I like a bear as much as the next guy. No, I'd like to say on balance that we sort of... We take turns. And, that, like, I think that... You, you, you sort of do take turns. Yeah, you're like not, I think you're not both battered at the same yeah. time. And the is it just to, so we don't completely tune out the audience that's so lovely to come and watch this? Uh, yeah, I didn't sleep for, like, 40 hours, and then was... Sort of, I definitely have to go to sleep tonight, and then I just didn't again. So I just got drunk yeah. again and. But up. it's sort of admit ad, ad, <laughs> someone is applauding Tim's <laughs> terrible disrespect for his body. Uh, Lovely. No, applaud. but the thing, I think the uh, our approach to drinking is similar to the podcast in which we tend to there's like some sort of weird counterbalance the seesaw. We're like if I see Tim sort of really having a crack at you know sinking a few brews, so to speak, <laughs> the amber nectar. If Tim thinks it's bare o'clock, uh, I'll pull back. So I will get to A, enjoy Tim in all of his drunken glory, and B, clean up after the mess that is Tim. And vice, and vice versa. versa. Absolutely. We've got each other's backs, Chief. So, uh, friends first, forever. First equal, friends forever. Thank you, Stu. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a follow up yeah. question. Please. Uh, given that you got tattoos uh, regarding. Uh, have you shown those tattoos to this audience? Uh, <laughs> Have you been in the room the whole time? I, I have not no. been in the room the you whole time. Late. Like they already yeah. uh, uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know what underwear I'm wearing, so hold on. I'll do it. I don't mind. <laughs> well, yeah, we got tattoos. So you got tattoos. So my question is, you got the tattoos as Get I understand Get your cat off it. while he's talking. Yeah. As I understand it. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. In all his glory. In, in Patrick Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Happy birthday, Patty. Party machine! I believe, I believe, as I understand it, you got these tattoos in order to... They were an incentive that on uh, a uh, crowdfunding website, Indiegogo, yeah. you, uh, you got enough money to take yourselves to America to, for the thing. Yeah. Um, presumably, you're going to try it again this year to come back to America for the finale of this season. Or the United Arab Emirates. And or... <laughs> <laughs> or, or Morocco. Or as, you say, shot. or as you say, the UAE or Morocco. Uh, my question then is, presumably the fans are going to be hungry for you to do something even more extreme and permanent. <laughs> you are uh, oh, give us $4,000 and we'll both get lobotomies. <laughs> what the fuck do you want, man? Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank Stuart Goldsmith, everybody. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else have any questions? Or, yeah, please come up. Um, or, yeah, alternatively, if, you, if it's not a question you have, then you might have a theory about what he is doing or where he is off to. You're allowed to share that as well. Okay, what's your name, sorry? Uh, George. Everybody hey, round of applause for George. He's an angel. Handsome guy. George Zimmerman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw you. Yeah, I saw you. Yeah, that is unfortunately my name. 
It's cool. It's a fine name. Don't let some douchebag get you down, man. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I actually have a question about the tuxedo theory. Yes. Um, so you were talking about... I can't well, we've, we've, you know, it's very honed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let me yeah. just open with that. I can't remember if you landed on Pearl Harbor 2 or Pearl Harbor 3 for when Dickbot invades the United States. And I was just curious about when inevitably civilian technology gets repurposed by the government to defend the country mm. and tuxedo guy and Dickbot have to battle. <laughs> What's yes. going to happen during that battle? I, look, and all... A round of applause for such a fantastic <laughs> flesh-out question. A tremendous question. I would love to answer it, but I just don't think we've got enough time. Sure. But, I mean... The rest assured, we will yeah, be digging rest, into this. And rest assured, it will be business. uncovered over the coming weeks. Yeah. But, but what you have asked for is essentially an improvised fan fiction. <laughs> That's true. And we are we are pressed. I I I. I it's just so dense. I would so normally so detailed involved, and smart was the question. I literally did not understand the second half of it. <laughs> let, let me say this though: the battle is long, and uh, we lose a lot of souls along the way. Sure. But we we just unfortunately within this format and this room, we don't have enough time to explore the I would, entire thing. I would but like we will. To, I would sure. like to borrow just a quote sure. from uh, Jeff Goldblum in a little known in a little known film called Dead Poet Society. Um, <laughs> I believe he said, oh, Captain, life uh, finds a way. Thank you, guys. There's anyone Is else? there nobody else? Yeah, come on up. Hey, we've met before. Yeah. Everybody, welcome, yourself, welcome to the stage. Introduce yourself. Gage. Gage, a tall glass of water, everybody. Gage, come up on stage so we can see you. And hit us with your question, my friend. <laughs> I instantly regret giving you stage <laughs> instructions. What's your question? I, I apologize. I apologize. That's okay. Um, so I have another tuxedo-related question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we literally <laughs> made this up. Let the man talk. A, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the movie mm. it, back in 2002, 2003, and Jackie Chan was a ballet, and the tuxedo was a government-issued weapon that That's right. I don't know why I ever. We all this. remember. Yep. <laughs> did very well at the box office. It did. I don't think it did. Okay. But I didn't <laughs> see it, so I don't know. Anyway, I'm <laughs> sorry. I agree to disagree. <laughs> Finish your question, though, Gage. I don't. Okay. Anyways, um, so is it possible that Mr. Big is Jackie Chan just in whiteface? Uh, so Mr. Big is not who we're attributing Agent Chan to. It is, in fact, uh, Coffee Man. Yeah, Coffee Guy is. Loath as I am to correct you, Gage, because <laughs> you've really you've grabbed onto a thread we've just created. Um, <laughs> but this is we did it. We did it. Sorry, we did, no, I was no, no. Thinking of TF Chang's the whole time. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's a common as mistake. As is your right. Yeah. Um, but no, no, no. As a racist. Categorically. <laughs> it's, I thought uh, George Zimmerman already got off stage. Yeah. Am I right? Oh. <laughs> hey. I know that was more of an AO, not like I wasn't trying to ter terrify my friend Tim. Look. No one here wants to offend anyone. We're probably um, already. What I'm trying to say is that Jackie Chan is on Whiteface as Coffee Guy, and Mr. Big is Chris Noth, or Noeth, as he's known on the Bible Belt. Um, pretty much, we appreciate the theory, but it is inaccurate as it stands. <laughs> Round of applause for Gage, everybody. Give it up for Gage. Oh, uh, do we have, what, have, uh, who's much, what is our time at? Ten minutes. minutes. I'm gonna see. Okay, out, down, down the back. You put your hand up a few times, please. Please come on up. Address the room. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. What's and your name, sir? Nick. Hey, Nick. Nick. Um, and Aussie. A few, a 
few episodes back, you went into um, what's his face, Steve, really deeply, and got into his you know interview with his manager. <laughs> Did he yeah. speak to you at all today? Steve. Steve. Is he around? When, when he saw, when he you saw mean his, in terms of watching the movie, the movie did Steve maybe <laughs> come out of his shell? And did anything come out to you? Uh, you know, Steve, he's a flaky guy. He's got a lot on. And uh, he didn't really have a lot of time to come out and say, how you doing? Doing the O O. Oh, 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 and the word in the win. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, Was that more lines than he had? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Great question. Ian, everybody, welcome to the stage. Ian, a sweet angel, another sweet angel. Hit us with your rhythm stick, Ian. Uh, all right, so... Serious business. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me get that mic out of the stand. Okay, I'm, I'm having some problems with I've my girlfriend, and no. <laughs> I've got this rash. <laughs> the, <laughs> the problem is I haven't got one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the uh, believe in yourself. Yeah, <laughs> never. Round of applause. Se no, 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 season okay. three. Uh, I have a pitch for season three. Fantastic. Okay. You're going. Uh, you're, you're not going to. ahead like of us right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but. So, uh, do you actually say streets ahead? Streaks. Oh, I say streets. Is there, I don't know if this is say. Let the man talk. Okay. Like. Very sidetracked. <laughs> Season three, you've watched Grown Ups 2 and Sex in the City 2, and I think it would be hilarious if for every week for a year you watched Citizen Kane and grew to hate that. <laughs> that is my pitch. I would like you to react. <laughs> Beautifully phrased. Everybody, round of applause. Thanks, Ian. You know, Ian's on his way to becoming a congressman. <laughs> yeah. and the thing that's going to get him there is his directness. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen Citizen Kane, so it, does, it, it meets that criteria. I'll tell you two reasons why it's not going to happen. Uh, the first is uh, Citizen Kane is a beloved film. Um, and I have... Yeah, I get, I get it. Uh, the second reason, though, is I am... I know we're a ways out at the moment. I'm pretty convinced there is, will not be a season yeah. three. Look, of look, yeah, just, a bit, just for clarity, the, in a dream world, Tim and I would find a, an alternative podcast concept that we both are mutually enthused by, <laughs> which would not involve quite literally jumping into a blender <laughs> every week. We've really been hung yeah, by like, our own petards on this one. Yeah, like, yeah. Is I, that so, the word? Petard? Petard. No one knows what it means or what a petard is, but we all just so yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's to be hoisted on a petard. What's a petard? That's terrifying. And that is our reaction, Ian. Thank yeah. you for the question. Um, Pardon? Joe Dirt Two. Ah, I thought I've you said Citizen Kane Two, to which I've I would say yes, sir. I've got a lot of fondness in my heart for Joe Dirt One, though. I haven't seen it in a cool decade and change, but I loved it when I first saw it. Uh, we've cool. probably got time. Yep. We go, we do. What's your name, sir? David. David. Um, David, ladies and gentlemen. David. Goddamn superstar. I'm going to keep this real brief, but as obvious experts on both of these movies that you guys have done, which lady from Sex and the City ends up with which grown-up? <laughs> Fucking oh. excellent question, David. You legend. 
we've specu- I, we've, I think we've speculated we have. prior, but we've never really... And know. it might change, actually, from our original answers, but here's how it carves up. Do you know, okay, do you know what we should do? Yeah. We should both shut our eyes. Yeah. And one of us should... So you, I'll do, I'll do uh, grown-ups characters. Okay. You do Sex and City 2 characters. We'll kay. both shut our eyes. Yep. And at the same time, we'll say out loud one of the characters. We'll, we'll take we'll turns pair, and we'll, we'll alternate who no, goes we'll first. At exactly at the same time. We'll pair them, we'll pair them off. But then who, how will they hear what we're saying? Because it's at the same time. We'll say it at the same time. No, we'll say them at different times. <laughs> no. We'll say it at the same time, then we can discuss what we say out loud. Okay. So we shut, so shut your eyes. Think of no, thing. wait. No, hold on. That doesn't make any... That doesn't make any fucking sense. It works perfectly. We both shut our eyes. You say a character from Sex and the City. I Five, four, three, two, two one. Miranda. There you go. Miranda and Lamonsoff. That um, would work. That's a relationship that would work. What Lamonsoff needs in his life is a strong female presence. That's why he's always gravitating towards his mum. Sally isn't strong enough to keep him on the porch. <laughs> that came out weird. Uh, Miranda is a lawyer. She is a, a strong, independent woman who knows what she wants, and she is very articulate with her needs. Five, four, three, two, one. Carrie. Rock. Mackenzie is his, is his character's name. Uh, so what we've got here, obviously, is Mackenzie, the uh, layabout cable installer, and Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, both of them have a lot of time on their hands. They both skive off of work regularly. It's not a financially sustainable relationship, <laughs> but it's certainly a good time, baby! Five, four, four three, two, one. Samantha. Well, that is, that is actually a match made in uh, relationship heaven. Samantha and Higgins, their main character trait across Grown Ups 2 and Sex and City 2 is a desire to fuck anything that moves. Too uh, true. Accordingly, they could hole up, you know, wherever, preferably Samantha's office or apartment, as opposed to Higgins' run-down apartment in New Hampshire. Uh, but frankly, I think that while neither of them have found long-term love... You've been saying New Hampshire love, a lot, but I think Connecticut, or is... Connecticut and New Hampshire and New Hampshire and Connecticut. Neither Americans. of those things are in each other and are it's they, not important. Where does the Venn diagram sit with New Pretty Hampshire much and Connecticut? Higgins and Samantha are what each other need to sustain a long-term relationship, which of course leaves Lamonsoff and Charlotte. Tim, could you please unpack Tim, we did Lamonsoff at the top. Yeah, and by Lamonsoff I mean Lenny Fader. If you'd listen you for one goddamn second in your full yeah. life. You did well. You tested me and I passed the test and I appreciate it. So, uh, Lenny Fader and Charlotte. This is the most neurotic... Interestingly, she still wound up with a Jewish man, so I think that was just destined to happen, which is cool. The stars of a line. Just throwing cultural aspersions on all Jews there. <laughs> They're all nope. neurotic. No, separate, separately. Okay. He is neurotic, and then my mind wandered. Uh, maybe there is something Lenny like Fate that. is not neurotic. Uh, the guy is confident and relaxed. He's a talent agent from Hollywood who's moved back to his hometown with He's his family. It's an interesting movie idea. The moral is they both... <laughs> have strokes on their fifth wedding anniversary and it ends terribly. One of them dies and inherits the other one's you know fortune. What? That is the ultimate conclusion to not only any movie involving these characters, but probably the conversation we've had in front of you and into your ears today. Uh, once again, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for I'm coming, I'm Guy guys. Montgomery. I'm Tim Bat. Big thanks to LA Podfest for having us. Thanks to yeah. all of you for coming. Truly, it means a lot. Um, live every moment. And love every day. <laughs> Goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.